0: Welcome everybody to the greatest MMA podcast in the world. I am basing this solely on the fact of true, uh, true facts that I just made up. This is Get the K.O. I am your host, Red Dog, Clifford Miller. And as always, I got Julie Jewbacca. Tell me. What's
1: them. up, everybody?
0: As previously noted, yes, this is the greatest podcast on Franken-culture. And, and that's where we are being presented from today. So, you guys can also find us on Anchor.fm and all your favorite uh, podcasts from there. Or you can even just log on to uh, Frank and Culture and find us through all their channels over there. So, with that being said, Julie, I have got something cool I wanted to talk about. I didn't really bring this up beforehand, but I did kind of give you like a preface before we started this off, right? So, mm-hmm. I've been watching UFC since UFC 1, right? and Mm -hmm. i really started watching it kind of back in like 1996 1997 so that kind of dates the hell out of me so today (laughs) i'm watching the joe rogan experience and john mccarthy is the host or the guest right and Mm -hmm. joe and him are talking back and forth let me tell you that i just had like the biggest eye-opening experience of all time and Oh, really? I've been watching the UFC. I've been paying attention to it for a long time. I know a lot of fighters who come and go. And I, I don't want to say I consider myself like a connoisseur. I don't even consider myself like an expert. I would consider myself on a belt level, mm, maybe like a purple belt, you know, like <laughs> pretty pretty high, right. like high up there enough to know, but like low enough that I'm not an expert. But let me tell you, listening to Joe Rogan and John McCarthy talk about UFC, talk about MMA, talk about different fighters, I went from feeling like a purple belt to not even being a white belt.
1: (laughs) Yo, I feel that every time I turn on, like, as I I watch uh, Joe Rogan's podcast a lot with my husband, and especially when they do, like, the MMA show, the amount of times where I've just sat there and I'm like... Okay, do, 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 do. I'm just going to listen to the professionals. Please tell me what I don't know.
0: Please, please, MMA guys. Bless me with your knowledge.
1: Right. I'm a big fan of Big John, like, overall, because of the fact that he's so knowledgeable, especially because he's a walking Rolodex for all the rules. Like, he says something, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, it's because of blah, 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 blah,
0: blah. And you're like...
1: Oh my God, you encyclopedia! I love you
0: well, so like, much. He was talking on the podcast about how he was on a committee to develop like a bunch of rules that have been going on now. Like for instance, like the one rule that everybody's been uh, like discussing about is the twelve to six elbow, right? So the yeah. ability of taking elbow straight up, straight down to your opponent, and it's the it's the same elbow that got Joe ja Jones his first loss, right? So. Uh, he was talking about it, and they were talking to the committee back and forth and during ultimate fighter season two, he was talking to James, I think, and James asked him, "Hey, can I throw this elbow and he goes from I think it was like eleven or no from six to twelve right so if he was on his back, can he throw it straight direct up and he said yes that's that's definitely within the rules so the next fight uh Herb Dean was refereeing that fight. And so, again, the question gets brought up. Can I throw an elbow from 6 to 12? And uh, he said, no. He's like, well, John said I could. He's like, well, that's the rule. You can't do it. That's just what it is. And so, <laughs> so, this guy goes back to John and says, you said I could do this. And John says, yeah, you can. He's like, well, Herb said I can't. He's like, well, I'm going to take care of it. So he goes and talks to Herb. Oh. And Herb <laughs> Herb says he's like, "Hey, you know this elbow is allowed." He's like, "No, it's not." He's like, "Yes, it is." He's like, "If you're looking at a clock on the wall, twelve to six, that's the way it's supposed to go." He's like, "But if you're laying on your back looking at the ceiling, twelve to six is the same exact way." He's like, "That's not the rule." <laughs> <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> yo, I was thinking about this the whole time. I was like, yo, I. I do not know I do not know anything about MMA like I was like full in depth I'm like sold in like I love watching the sport I love watching the chess matches and these guys were just rattling off names and I was like man like I knew a lot of fighters but these guys like they're right. gods among men. <laughs> that's why
1: that's why I like to watch the MMA shows or when he has when Joe has different, you know, uh different people. It doesn't even have to be from UFC. It could be people from Bellator or whatever. I like to have them on. I like to watch them when he has them on because of the fact of like if there's somebody I don't I'm not hundred percent familiar with, or it's a fight at a time when I wasn't watching because you know been in and out at some point at the beginning. Um, I can go back and then I get to appreciate the sport a lot more because they're like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, shit, I need to go watch that right now. Like I need to pause this, watch that fight right now. Or you get an appreciation for somebody that you didn't before because of the way that they're describing their style. And you start looking at them in a different light because they appreciate them a lot more than you probably do at the beginning. You know, they're able to go, Oh, this guy is so good at grappling. Watch this, this, and this and this. And you go back and you watch it that way through their eyes, the way they're seeing it, and you're like, Holy shit. I just I just gained a new appreciation for this. Right. I love that about the Joe Rogan podcast for that exact reason. Yeah.
0: Because and- it's like,
1: hell yes.
0: And then there was like so there was a fight that they were talking about and uh Hicks and Gracie, like he was mm-hmm. like the best of the Gracie brothers. And like Hoist will always tell you that. Hey, Hickson is the guy. Like, I can go roll with him a hundred times. Yep. I'm going to get tapped out a hundred times by my my, by my brother. And so he was talking right. about the fight. Um, it was Hickson's last fight against Funaki. Um, and I, forget, okay. it was not at Pride. I just forget the name of the, the, the match. I had no idea. I totally forgot about this kind of stuff. And these guys, these guys have probably lost more knowledge than I'll ever know. Which is like... <laughs> It just, I... it blows my mind. So, anyway, I'm like watching a fight and I stopped watching the podcast. Like, I legitimately hit pause and I went to watch this fight. So, similar to how you were just talking about it. And I get back over to the fight and like I'm just watching a fight intently and I'm just studying like movement. And, and for, for people who don't watch MMA as much as maybe like you or myself or even Anthony uh Ghost or even like Quick Nick when we had him on a while ago. People people who don't watch these little battles, people are like man this fight is boring. Like I don't like this. Meanwhile, I'm over that's here like sad. man he's got so much pressure in the corner of this ring post right now. He's just waiting to bait uh Funaki into a move. And sure enough, that's what ended up happening. So Funaki, he baits him out, Funaki comes And he goes for a takedown. And at first you're like, oh, hey, uh uh-oh, like, Funaki's delivering some kicks to his legs. And we all know, like, that hurts, but that doesn't do, like, a lot of damage. Then all of a sudden, like, uh, Hickson gets up. He goes in for, like, a crazy takedown, gets a takedown, ends up in side control. And as soon as I saw Funaki in side control, I was like, Hickson's going to lose this fight. Dead. Right now. And sure enough, um, the way Joe Rogan explained it too, and I know like we're talking about the Joe Rogan experience a lot in this podcast, but trust me, it's it, it plays a lot into what we talk about. But he was talking about, I guess one time he was he was with Hickson Gracie at his house, and Hickson was, just, was talking about techniques and stuff that were not working out. But he, I guess the way he explained it is, um, there's always a lot of space. But let me tell you, when we start in neutral position at zero – And we go to step one, we're not going back to step zero. We're going to step two and then three and four. And eventually it's just checkmate. And I was like watching this moment and I got to watch this moment where um, he's inside control and Funaki's trying to fight to get back into half guard. But what ends up happening Mm -hmm. is uh, he goes up, he gets in a full mount. And at this point, there's a wrestler's grip going on. So two hooks right behind Gracie's head. But you only know it's a matter of time before this grape breaks. And sure enough, uh, Hickson is just delivering punches. Right? Bam, 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 bam. And they just, the (laughs) the grip lets go. Hickson rolls over to his back and tries to grab his face. He's like trying to answer the phone. Right when his hand comes up, bam, the choke gets put on. And you just see the rear naked choke get tightened out. And. Funaki is just he just rides it out. He's not gonna tap, he's not gonna do anything, he just goes to sleep. <laughs> and right. as soon as the ref like touches his arm, like uh Hickson lets go of the, the choke and it just looks like every other fighter. Like hands just go limp, his eyes are bug eyed open, and you're just like, Yep, you passed out. <laughs> yeah you asleep, bro. You asleep. Everybody go night night. That's what's going right. on, right? <laughs> Everybody go night night. going be dark in <laughs> this place tonight. I thought it. <laughs>
1: oh shit! I haven't heard, heard that joke in a minute.
0: <laughs>
1: so, uh, uh, but that's legit. What that is though? <laughs>
0: yeah. Everybody, just eyes go close. Don't worry, you'll go to sleep very soon. <laughs> right. So, uh, actually, um, I kind of want to do this backwards from what we were we were talking about originally. So. I wanted to talk about UFC fights for 2019 that we wanted to talk, to watch. But I do know that UFC 143 is coming up. It's the first one on ESPN. And technically, it's on ESPN+. Plus, So you have to pay mm-hmm. for the subscription to, to watch the fight. So I want to get into that fight card only because there's a lot of good fights. I don't even care about pricking picking winners or losers because we can always, for the pod, we'll do a prediction show uh, later this week, guys, yeah. for you guys. Um, probably probably Thursday night we'll probably do that and we'll cut it and we'll release it for you guys. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of the fights, right? So I want you mm-hmm. to pick out um, – we'll go three fights and we'll talk about those three fights and then I'll pick out three. Hopefully we're not the same fights because we haven't talked about this beforehand. So why don't you yeah. give me your top three <laughs> fights that you're really looking forward to seeing
1: okay so let me get my thing so this is for 2019 let's pull this up i got my oh man i have more than three let me pick my three now okay (laughs) um i'm looking i did i i got i got extra um i'm looking forward for the jeremy stevens versus a beat you're not going to get me to say that last name properly y'all can look it up mega ship blah 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 russian as hell Go look up that fight. Um, I'm looking forward to that one because I think they're going to punch each other's faces off. Um, I'm looking forward to the Kane and Naganu fight because I want to see Kane Velasquez again because I missed him so much. And then my other one is the Henry Cejudo versus TJ Dillashaw.
0: There's more on this list,
1: but those are the easy three right now.
0: (laughs) So I was actually just talking about the ESPN Plus Plus card. But, oh, you're talking about Eastman? Yeah yeah, 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 Okay, so. we'll, No, trust me. Well, we'll dive more into a lot more of those other fights. But yeah, yeah, I'm just looking for your three favorites. Oh, you want just see Eastman, Eastman. Eastman? Oh,
1: well, just a three on that. Center- okay, so then the, center- First, the Henry Cejudo versus TJ little Glover Teixeira versus Carl Robertson. And then because of the crap going around it, I want to see the Greg Hardy versus Alan Crowder
0: fight. Yeah, I think. I'm not going to lie. Um, so let's talk about the, let's talk about the Glover Teixeira versus Carl Robertson fight, right? Yeah. So we definitely know that, uh, Glover Teixeira, he's been kind of on a down streak as of late. Yeah. Uh, big, and it's kind of surprising to me too. And I, I don't want to say it was ever since the, um, oh, what was it? Uh, the Rebel Johnson fight, but it's, it's been a long time since like anybody's really seen him win. I know it sounds rough to say it like that, but. Well, I mean. Go ahead. If, if truth hurts. <laughs> it it does. And you're like, you're looking yeah, at a guy last, who, he yeah, was a title contender.
1: One, yeah, His last one was in December 16, 2017. Yeah. And then he had lost prior to that. So he's not doing that well.
0: No, and then we're talking about a guy who at one time was considered like a top contender. You know, and he, he was, what was it? What did they say? He... He was uh, Chuck Liddell's protege. Like, he's the right. guy who learned directly under Chuck Liddell. Liddell was teaching her everything. He was landing a lot of great shots. He used to always come in hot. Like, those were one of, like, the craziest things. And then he well, he's got a out. decent
1: record when you look at it.
0: Like, if you just look at it on its face,
1: 27-7-0. That's not a bad record, but those sevens are coming
0: Yeah. recently. And, well, like, you know, you have anybody who's, I want to say, what, top ten? Because where's Corey Anderson ranked currently? He's in like the top, top, I know he's in the top 10, I think, top 12. But anybody who's in the top ranked, like, just Glover just took it to the chin. Like, we're talking about Anthony Johnson. We're talking about Alexander Gustafson. He lost to Corey Anderson. So he's lost to some pretty big-name guys. And he hasn't, and I'm going to be honest, he hasn't really beaten anybody good lately. And that's, like, the sad thing to say.
1: Yeah, it hasn't, he hasn't had a fight in which, like, he dropped somebody that was like, Holy shit! Glover Teixeira's back like a motherfucker!
0: Right. Like, I don't know. Hopefully Rashad, this like, is, like, a... Rashad you know, Evans. he beat be Rashad Evans, but that's when Rashad mm-hmm. Evans was... And I don't want to say it like this and sound very disrespectful. Rashad Evans was old. Like... <laughs>
1: no it's not again truth hurts <laughs> yep.
0: and then you know he it's got not trying over...
1: to be rude it's trying to be like realistic and he got the Sometimes win over catches Cut... up with fighters
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he got the win over uh jared Kennanier. but man like ever since mm-hmm. really ever since the Rumble johnson knockout like it just it, i just feel like he hasn't been him he's really kind right. of he's held a few l's and he's Working on Hasn't trying to get back it? to himself, but he's he's nev- nowhere near where he's gonna be at. And then on the other side, you have Carl, who just came off a win against uh, Jack Marshman, and that would have been at UFC two thirty. Yep. Um, but mm. the the craziest part is that you know he had a loss, but his last loss was due to a triangle choke, and uh, it's it's gonna be interesting because it should be two guys who want to battle out and battle tough, right? So we're always looking for these guys who are going to be able to throw hands. Um, but the problem with, you know, you're looking for two top knockout artists, but you're not going to get that knockout artist with uh, Carl Roberts- uh, Robertson. Because Carl, yeah. he, he tends to throw a lot, but the thing with Carl is that he can't throw in punches and punches. And in Teixeira, he's been able to throw punches, but the biggest problem with Teixeira is that He's now that he's getting knocked out more it's going to happen more frequently and he's not going to want to engage as much as possible.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm 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 interested to see how it goes. Like I'm hoping I I don't even know how I'd feel about it because of the fact of the, I don't know, I'm looking forward to the fight because I want to see if this is Clover just kind of not believing in himself and giving up. How you see that happens with fighters? They can't shake a, they can't shake that one L, and it just sticks with them. And then you see that fight, and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm, I am i i do not know. I don't know how this is going to go with him. But I, I'm excited to see what Robertson does with him if it brings him out. Because, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just looking forward to it because of the fact of I want to see if this is Glover giving up. Right, I hope this l isn't stuck in his head. that's I, I it's kind of do or die at this point. You can't keep taking l's don't let us shake your head like that. I wanna see if this kind of fixes it up
0: no, i mean and it definitely brings up a great point that you know f f let's just call it let's just call it what it is if Glover gets beat this match. Should should it be time for him to hang it up? I mean, we did talk about it. he's twenty seven and seven. Like he shouldn't be. Yeah. He shouldn't be at that point. But you've lost four of your last seven. You know, like where do we? Yeah. Where do we put you? Where do we tell you? Like, look, man, and you're in the light heavyweight division. So it's not like well, your
1: right, and that
0: you're only gonna take y- more y- punishment.
1: One of the four. Yeah. Right. I, I think what it. I think well, honestly, what it comes down with him is if this fight is a loss early or it's like just a robbery you know Robertson is just destroying him then yeah maybe but if he does lose but it's like a uh dis, you know split decision and nobody knows how it was gonna go because glover was throwing bombs or, or on top whatever the hell they whatever the hell it plays out if it's something like that then no maybe not yet maybe not yet maybe try another fight because maybe this is him trying to get not let it you know but if he loses easily yeah maybe maybe it's time maybe maybe figure out coaching you yeah. know don't mean that rudely it's just if it if you can't shake the L and it's just bugging you that much and it's going to keep keep getting you punched in the dome or you know choked out or whatever you don't want to keep gaining injuries no so.
0: exactly especially with like what we know about concussions nowadays like it's definitely yeah. like, a huge concern and you know watching glover when he took that uppercut from anthony rumble johnson oh mm-hmm. my god like his legs it gets in late. your head man I, yeah yeah if this dropped. makes
1: sense like i'm very open about the struggles i deal with after my head injury because I, I got a brain injury from it and when you get that mindset of like dog i don't want to hurt myself again that thing's really, really hard to shake. Like I had to go through a lot of physical therapy to be able to be comfortable walking a straight line without any assistance because you get so freaked out that you're going to hurt yourself again. And if he's got that with punching, get, get, he's scaring himself that he's going to get that that hit again and that, that pain or that all the crap that goes with the concussion. If he's afraid of that, like he's got to figure that out now. Yeah. Because that, that's a, ter- that's a, that thing you don't want that in your brain. Cause you're just going to get hurt worse.
0: Right. You know, right. you're not
1: going to be thinking about what, what I need to do, what I need to block. If you're just going, I don't want to get punched in the head. I don't want to get punched in the head. Okay. Yeah. You didn't get punched in the head, but you just, you just uh, busted your, your knee because you were so worried about this, that something else happened to you. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this is something different, but if it is, I understand, man, take a break. It's, it, Don't hurt yourself. If it's gonna scare you that much, don't push it. Right. Ain't nothing to mess with. Don't. It's it's like when Dana says, like when when a fighter is starting to think about retirement, just then then that's it. it. Then if it's in your brain, you're it's in your brain, man. You're you're it's it's starting to come at you. If you let that thing go in there, then you need to make the decision then, because if you let it build up, it's just gonna affect every fight that you're in. Right. So no, that's
0: one hundred percent. So, another fight that you had mentioned that you were interested in watching was the Greg Hardy versus Alan Crowder fight.
1: So, yeah, we're got to talk about
0: so- going to talk about Alan Crowder because Alan Crowder doesn't have a lot. He If you wanted to find him on Wikipedia, you're not going to find him because he's just not on the page, right? So, this is a guy who's yeah. coming in. He's 9-3. and three. He's got five TKOs, three submissions, and one decision. And you can find all this stuff on ShareDog. So, if you guys were trying to find him, you'll find him. Um, So, he is out of North Carolina. He is fighting... Uh, with Team Carriaca, uh, BJJ, um, out of North Carolina. Uh, so he is – it looks like this could be a pretty good test for uh, Greg Hardy. And I only say that yeah. – and I don't want to be disrespectful to Alan Crowder, right? Because Alan Crowder, it looks like he's kind of set himself up. He looks like he's got some great guys that he's been able to beat. But we're talking about Greg Hardy, who's coming over from the NFL – um, after his domestic uh violence uh, cases that had happened, yeah. Uh, but with that being said, uh, Greg Hardy is three and He's got three knockouts, two of the most devastating knockouts I've ever seen on uh the contender series for Dana White it was yeah oh my god man one of those was just a massive massive blow right yeah uh, i forget what it's kind of
1: the reason why i said even though it's got a lot of controversy around it i want to see that fight you have to. i want to see i want to see how he does in this role now hopefully he keeps his damn punches in the fucking octagon that's cool but that's where I'm at on that one. I'd like to see it. I want As long as he keeps straight and doesn't fuck up, like, you know, some fighters, like, keep fucking up. <laughs> as long you know, as he does that, I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see those two knockouts. Those are, those are power. So yeah, I'm and, like, ooh, as long as you keep straight, boy, I want to see you punch people in the face.
0: So one of those things that I've, like, heard is that Greg Hardy has had, like, a big change in his character, right? Um, and this is all coming from his team, right? Like, when he first right. got into the fight camp, he was, like, angry. He was just punching as hard as he could. He had no self-control. He just wanted to to beat people up. Like, that's all he wanted to do. That's all he was aiming for. And he just kept t- right. continually uh, – just kept trying to throw bombs on people and force force his muscles and stuff like that. And they said, like, he eventually got to the point where he started sleeping at the gym – and mopping all the floors after the gym, mopping the floors before the gym, like before open and close. Like he was doing a lot of like the bitch work that uh that you know normally people wouldn't do. And he was in he was being very humble and in a gym and after a while, like I guess his whole character flipped and a lot of people said that he He allowed himself to learn. Yeah. He and really
1: allowed himself to learn. I've heard that about wrestlers in the professional wrestling world when they work in the Indies, once they even if it's not wwe even when it's in the indies once they get that mindset of like i gotta i i have to appreciate where i'm at now it helps them overall so that doesn't totally shock me that once he realized like hey i'm not just here to punch the bag there's a whole experience behind this and if i can experience it i could appreciate what i'm going through a lot more hey Good on you, bro. Good on you. If it helps, if it helps also with whatever's going on inside of him, that's fantastic.
0: Yeah, because people
1: I, need that release.
0: But you know, and, and like a lot of people are going to hold this on the UFC. A lot of people are going to hold this on Hardy. Obviously, domestic violence is not something that we play around with, especially here on this show. Uh, we no, we, <laughs> yeah, especially. Well, I mean, no, think about I, it. We have we have we have multiple females who come on the show. We have, yeah. uh, you know. Anthony, he's he's um, he's dating uh, a mom of two. I'm obviously married uh, with a daughter of my own, and I try to set great examples for my daughter uh, and just to let her know, like you know, like we're not going to stand with the abuse side of things. And so it's very controversial when you have someone like Greg Hardy in the octagon. And what makes it worse is that one of the one of the people fighting on the fight card. Was a person of domestic abuse, right? And like yeah. the whole controversy had came up, and I think it was Rachel who said that she was okay with it, and Greg Hardy was like he's yeah. very apologetic. She said about his
1: business, something along the line of like his business, isn't my business, essentially.
0: Right. And so, you know, it's 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 cool that that's 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 okay. Like she's okay with it. I'm not saying it's okay. I it. look at
1: it this way: if she is fine with it that is the biggest thing people and i said it before that's the biggest thing people have to one understand they can't understand they at least have to respect it because if she had a problem with it uh she has every right to be like nope fuck that you're not going on there i have a problem with this please don't
0: yeah but
1: that's 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 not what it was you know also on top of it like i have no problem i'm very open about stuff i went through that shit before and it's it sucks but if on top like this is the one it's it's i hate saying this cuz i get shit for this sometimes if you don't want that person to be abusive you do have to allow them to get better you do have to allow them to get help you do have to allow them to change their ways and if this is him doing that everybody has to kind of you know you keep your eye out but you have to remember if someone's going to rehabilitate themselves you have to allow them to rehabilitate themselves yeah and if she's fine with him doing that i think everybody at least has to take maybe a step back and go okay we'll keep your we'll keep our eye open but if 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 this is good for him and it's good for everybody else let's let's see what this
0: does yeah i agree I agree, that's that's yeah. definitely a thing that needs to, needs to happen. So with that being said, now that we're kind of moving for us all that, right? We know Greg Hardy right. has some devastating, devastating hands. We've seen the yeah. knockouts that he's delivered on, um, on the Contender Series. So we know there's a lot of hype about him coming through. Crowder had just recently lost, um, I think it was last year that he lost um, to Justin Willis in the first round. And this would have been by KO. Right. Fun fact, mm-hmm. the guy that was actually refing his fight was Dan Mur uh, <laughs> Oh um, I love Dan. He's such a great I I, do I think too. he's a good ref. Um so anyway, yeah. uh so what we're really expecting to see is two obviously heavyweight guys coming in, really throwing some devastating hands. It's gonna be interesting to see, um to see how Greg Hardy does against a guy who has a lot of experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. I like I said, I'm looking forward to it. Call controversy aside, I want to see what he does because those. Yeah, well, he's got his repertoire. So. so let's
0: let's move on to the last fight that you discussed, uh, Henry yeah. Cueto versus T.J. Dillashaw. So I have done a lot of the talking on this part, so I want you to kind of like give your your insight into what what you're expecting.
1: Ah, see, I and the, the best part about this fight for me is I'm not exactly sure what to expect because you know sometimes you can go into a fight and you're like oh bro this person's going to take it and it's it's going to be a third run knockout or it's going to be ground game or whatever I'm not 100% sure uh, what's going to happen um, but I'm looking forward to it I love Henry Cejudo I love the fact that a lot of people counted him out when he was going against Mighty Mouse and he proved a lot of people wrong on that a lot of people discredit the fact a lot of people like to forget that he's an Olympian. So you have that kind of repertoire against which t- against going at TJ Dillashaw, which we know TJ's record. We've seen it. I mean, the, the, the fight with him and Cody, that whole back and forth. I, I loved it. I loved the drama with it. And I just love the actual fight. Um, Let's try to look at this. The, his, the last couple of things. Let's see. He's been doing a lot of decision. TJ, in the last couple of years, it's been a lot of decisions. Like actually, when you look at it, a lot of his hasn't been like a knockout in the last couple of years. It's been decision fighting, which oh that if that's that'd be interesting because you're looking at two fighters that can definitely go in the distance because Henry has good, you know, he has the ability to go five rounds. Yeah, I I, I think this might be a decision. Honestly, I think I don't think we're going to look at a fight where it's going to be clear-cut within the first couple rounds or whatever. I think we're looking at a decision fight this time. Just oh, I, I would... by, by numbers is what I, I like to look at the numbers sometimes. That's part of my brain. I like to look at the stats. And looking at it, I think we're looking at it, a fifth-round decision, possibly split. That's what I'm thinking.
0: Okay, so just looking when we, do, at when we do the prediction show. I'm gonna hold you to that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think, so, and that's totally fine because I'm just looking at the, the 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 two of their records, and and there's a lot of yeah, I, they both can go all the way. I, I, I yeah, once TJ oh, left, sorry, his... I never actually looked at the two of their records back like side by side as far as how many decisions they both have. So
0: yeah, but I think once that's... TJ left Team Alpha Male, like he fully yeah. understood like. What he's really capable of, because yeah, he he knocked out Cody Garbrandt twice, and it was yeah, both by devastating has- fashion.
1: Yeah, well, and this is why I because originally I was gonna t- uh, with TJ that he was just gonna come in there throwing, and Henry better watch out. But I sometimes I I question if the reason why those knockouts were so devastating is because of all the crap that he had to deal with with Cody. That yeah. there wasn't just a little stank on it because of of all the the bullshit. So that's why I'm I'm thinking that this might be one where we get to see great exchange, some ground game. That's fantastic. Um, I I think that this one will go longer because of that because there isn't the drama behind. It. So, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I have. I to think agree that's with why I, I think keep- I think he yeah. I think was well, are going to see TJ just kind of wrestle us. Well, he's gonna have a smart match. Obviously he's going against yeah. a, a really strong wrestler in Henry Kuwait that's, Kuwaito, But that's I really why wanted, I said I think TJ's yeah. gonna
1: try to, to hold off the ground and try to swing a little bit. But I think it's that's why I think it's gonna go decision because he's not gonna be able to stay on the ground. No. Like that's not TJ's like that's I mean he's he's got good ground defense, but that's not his wheelhouse. Like no. Henry.
0: You no, know what I mean? So, that's yeah, not yeah, yeah. that's his
1: shit. So that's why I said I think it's gonna be more of a chess match than maybe even both of us even realize right now. Yeah. No, I
0: definitely, I definitely think I'm going to go one crazy though. I think that uh, the strike game of TJ Dillashaw is really what's going to set the pace because his wrestling ability, he's got, he's got, I want, I want to, I want to give it a name. I want to see if it catches on. He's got Chuck Liddell syndrome, right? Where he believes in his hands a whole lot, but he, we all know he's got great wrestling but he uses his wrestling to be a defense and keep the fight standing versus t- using his actual wrestling and taking people to the ground no. like we've seen it happen before with him he's been able to like just take guys who were good wrestlers and he just takes them and holds them and he's able to beat them but he's also got great hands and great like great kick like a great kick game so I think right. what we're gonna end up seeing is that Henry's gonna try to go for the takedowns a bunch of times. He's just gonna just take down stuff, and TJ's gonna try to land. You know, the right. one thing I thought was crazy, right, is that if TJ wins this fight at one twenty five, right, he will have the one twenty five and the one thirty five pound belt. Which mm-hmm. it's been noted that, and it rumored. I should say it's been noted that he's he said it before, but it's also been a lot of rumors that the UFC is trying to close down to 125 pound weight class to open up a 165 pound weight class. So we would see title defenses at 35, 45, 55, 65 rumored, and then from 170 it'd be 175. So you'd have 10 pound increments. So you'd have this so instead of the one seventy, it would move up to one hundred seventy five and then the one eighty five, right. then two hundred five, and then and then heavyweight. So it's it's crazy that this fight is happening because this was the fight that Mighty Mouse didn't want. Only because yeah. he said that TJ Dillashaw hadn't proven that he could fight at one twenty five because he was a one thirty five pounder and he'd been cutting from like one fifty. So I'm interested yeah. in this to see what happens if TJ After. wins does he just he holds to the, the hold the 125 hostage and go to 135? And then, you know, you have Dana's just like, meh, 125. We're just going to close that down. We'll just leave the 135 open.
1: I could see that being what Dana wants to happen. I just don't know if center, if Henry is going to allow that to happen. That's why I, I think there's going to be a, a little bit more of a back and forth. Um, because of that, I think, I think Dana wants that to happen. Though, I'll be honest, it, it it doesn't seem like he gives a crap about that the division anymore. So, put it on a put it on a double champ, and then dissolve the division and figure out another money money area. I mean, yep. it wouldn't shock me if that's what he's pulling for. Well, you I know? think
0: the one thirty five guys are exciting. He just can't find a way to market the one twenty five guys. Unfortunately, no. he just
1: he yeah, just can't. it's it's sad. At least. That's the one thing that sucks about certain divisions when you watch them outside of America, they can do so good in different, different, you know, promotions, but man, some there's some that just cannot, you can't get them here. You can't, I mean, yeah. featherweight for women's a great example too. You can't get, you can't get them here. You know, there's the, there's other divisions and other uh, those that division and other promotions, but it's, that one's just a difficult one to keep. So if they can't promote it, it makes sense. Why yeah. lose out on money? Why keep trying to pay the contracts? Why keep holding these guys hostage and not have them fight? You know, give them the option. Uh, can you move up? No. Okay. Well, here, let me release you so you can maybe find something somewhere else. Yep. It yep. would be a smart business move.
0: You can find out. So. You can fight at Bellator or you can fight at One FC. You can join right. Mighty Mouse over there. He's he's doing right it okay. right right and. Actually, I didn't know this until recently, but um, who else did I just read? Because uh, Mighty Mouse and I want to say Eddie moved to one uh, FC. Uh, who was it again? That I saw. Uh, yeah, Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez went over. He uh he oh, signed yeah, with. He-
1: Yeah, he didn't. He do that like before the end of the year.
0: Yeah, so back in October, like it was just not a thing that I expected. Because now here you have a guy who won a Bellator championship. He's won a UFC championship, and now he's at ONE FC. Like this, right? I don't think people
1: give Eddie enough credit for that. That kind of shit that he's doing that move. Like who else do you see doing that? He's the you know being like well I mean. you know, well, I look at it this way. He's like, "Oh, by the way, I'm I'm awesome here. I'm gonna go over here, and I was awesome here, and now I'm gonna go over here, and I'm awesome there." Uh, I I enjoy people that do that. Go I'm around awesome and challenge everywhere. yourself. Yeah, you're like, hey, if you get if you're good, that good of a fighter, and you can prove it, go to town, make money off of it, and sell your game, bro.
0: Yep. So, so we've talked about your three fights, right? And coincidentally, two of my fights were on your card. <laughs> the other fight that I'm actually very interested in, and it's for two reasons, right? Uh it's actually the Rachel Osevich versus Paige mm-hmm. Van Zandt fight. Right? And... That was
1: my number four. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, good. We have it. So we could talk about this fight, right? So it's interesting to see Paige yeah. Van Zandt be coming back into the UFC. She has been gone for a while. She's had some surgeries uh, on some, you know, tatas. So that's kind of yeah, the reason really- why she decided to hold out for a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if she thinks that makes her more marketable or whatnot. But the reason I bring up this fight, right, is – this is possibly the last fight of Paige Van Zant in a UFC octagon because it has been wildly rumored that Paige Van Zant would like to join the WWE and make that transition right. that Brock and Ronda and Matt Riddle have all made over into that side. So what right. I'm really expecting from this fight is obviously I'm expecting to see Paige Van Zant go out there and win. She is a veteran of the octagon this is Rachel's first fight, so she's got a lot to prove, but it's just interesting to see that some fighters, when they get to the end of that career mark, they're just kind of like, you know what,
1: oh,
0: whatever. I, I'm, I'm done, I'm just, I want to go somewhere else, I want to I make myself look better, and so now we have this possibility of Paige Van Zandt moving over, which, funny enough, Ronda Rousey does not like Paige Van Zandt, <laughs> like, right. it has been known that Ronda Rousey is anti-Page. So I think what it could be, it could be it'd a replacement be a kind of deal. Yeah, it would be a great rivalry, but it'd be also a great like replacement because it's well noted that Ronda Rousey is coming up on the end of her contract, which is kind of weird to say, but she does want to be more of a mom. She said she wants to, to have kids and she wants to have babies and stuff. And uh, Paige... Would definitely be a good kind of like slide in there because she is a former UFC fighter. She's not a champion, but, you know, she was on Dancing with the Stars and took second place if that's what you want to, you know, reward her for. But she's very tough. She's obviously going to learn a lot. Um, she's probably not as gonna, she's probably gonna be like Ronda was at the beginning of her career, very kind of weirdly on the mic, but I'm just interested to see, like, if she wins this next fight, does she stay, and if she loses this fight, does she go to WWE? What would you think about that?
1: Um, okay, so, as far as, like, my expectations for a fight, I'm not gonna lie, there's a morbid part of me that just wants to see her get starched. I don't know <laughs> why, I'm not like, if she goes to WWE, I'm just like, Boom! Bye! New career. I don't know why that's so bad. I don't mind her. There's nothing against her. But For some reason, I'm like, I kind of want Rachel to walk in and be like, oh, you're leaving? <clears throat> My house now. That would be hilarious to me. But, if that doesn't happen, cool. Kick her ass. I don't give a shit. But, if she goes to WWE, it'd be interesting because she has the ability to do that Thing that Vince and all them like which is be that cute marketable girl which we've all seen which I love I loved when Chris Weidman made fun of her for wearing the the outfits um when she was the wearing she was like on Instagram posing in the new Reebok outfits and she was like oh my god and he did one and I about died he's like hey guys look at the new Reebok outfits so she knows how to do that so WWE could work with that. And she can kick ass in the ring, which means she can take the bumps because she's taking actual hits, as opposed to, you know, I used to be... And this ain't knocking no fitness models, but instead of being like, I used to be a fitness model, and now I'm going into WWE, she'd be like, no, I've taken punches to the face. Let's see what I can do farther than what this is. So she could be... I mean, she could slide in there, like you said. But if this makes sense, I also don't think... Okay, yeah, Ronda's at the end of her her WWE thing. I don't see her leaving this quick. (laughs) I see them giving her the ability to maybe shoot off and still be a mom and still stay with the WWE. Them show, you know, because I could see them figuring out how to put her on television so she could do, you know, still be a part of the family and then come back after the baby's born. If this makes sense, WWE has a really good way of sucking your soul out. If you think you're gonna leave them, and some people, uh, th- whether it's by checkbook or by figuring out the angle that you wanted to go, so there's a part of me that I, I, I don't see her leaving just yet. But and if that happens, that's that makes me happy because that means if Paige does go, we might get that little rival, rivalry. Because it doesn't matter what weight class they're in in WWE, you yeah. know. I mean, Nia Jax is fighting Alexa Bliss. Okay. So, and Nia Jax, big, broad, Alexa Bliss, size of my pinky. So, if that doesn't matter, we might be able to get that play out in WWE if they're smart. But again, that's that company. We all know they've made really bad decisions. So, if she goes over, cool, because that gives her another, it gives her longevity. If she's not, she's not enjoying it or she's not doing as much here, hey, go make money somewhere else. Kick some ass.
0: Yep. You know? And for a lot of people who don't know, uh, the rumors of Ronda Rousey versus Paige Van Zandt and why there was such bad blood all stemmed off of a tweet that, or was it was a tweet, it was an Instagram picture that Holly Holmes had up. And it was right after the Ronda Rousey fight, uh, Holly Holmes had won and Paige Van Zant sent her a message that said, congratulations to the new champ. And a few months later, Ronda Rousey apparently was at a party, and Paige Van Zant wanted to meet her, wanted to get a picture with her, and as she walked up to say hi to Ronda, Ronda pretty much said, I don't fucking like you, get the fuck away from me. And uh, Paige you know, kind of scurried off her way, and uh, that was that was kind of like the 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 moment, so whether there's like actual truth or not to it, but that is... There's one of the rumors going I around about I feel so happening. bad
1: for saying this, but like, and I know I've gotten hate in the- for this, but there's some times where I just want to be like, Rhonda, why the fuck you got to be a stank bitch? Like there's some times where you hear stories about her where she's like giving like to, to somebody for no fucking reason. And you're like, okay, okay, yeah, I get it. You-, you are, you are a really good fighter. You are, you're a pretty woman, but like, you don't need to be a bitch. Like there's some times where you've seen her in interviews. Like that when she was going against Holly Holm and she was just running at the damn mouth of that. You're a P you're a liar and you're like, where the fuck did that come from? Bitch, chill the hell out. I get it. You're pumped up, but like, really? Come on. Well, like uh, sometimes I think she just she I'm like, what the fuck was that for? Like, be creative at least.
0: Like, well, like you know she would be
1: like, you can't fight.
0: Yeah, she's you know? so <laughs> run is like a lot more And let's be real, Ronda, when she was in the UFC, she was always brash, which is what's really kind of weird for me, at least, and I know we, we talk about this a lot, about the WWE side of Ronda, where she's, like, all smiles and, like, like her promo that she had done with with Nikki and Brie, where she yeah. like, guys, I just I just want answers. I was like, you know what? This Ronda Rousey would have what happened to this Ronda Rousey if she was in UFC with that Ronda Rousey? That Ronda Rousey oh, would have put ripped her lungs her. out.
1: <laughs> yeah, she would have eaten her alive. She would have made yeah. fun of her and been like, oh my god, you hanging no out with all me. these people? That's why I giggle. At this Ronda, the WWE Ronda versus the UFC Ronda, like now, like when she has this rivalry against that wrestler Becky Lynch in WWE, when they're on Twitter against each other, and she'll say some shit. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, do you remember yourself like five years ago?
0: Do you remember yourself five years ago? Ronda, you did an (laughs) interview. You did an interview a few years ago, and somebody at Joe Rogan asked you, who do you want to fight? And you said, I want to fight Beth Korea. In Brazil, because she's got a zero, and I couldn't think of a better place to take that zero away from than in her hometown. Like, yo, that is some gangster shit to say. <laughs> like, right, you was like on some ballsy shit, and then you won, and then you said, "I want to take out this person in Australia." And unfortunately, Holly Holmes got you. But my point being, right, that this Ronda, like Rhonda Ronda, people forget, like Ronda, like she's got teeth and right on you know, page pages and whether I, or I,
1: not it's warranted she just stank bitch sometimes well, that's, that's why i think
0: it's funny. and, and I, I bring it up because remember like there was like there was an interview of a guy who he had asked Rhonda, hey do you really believe that or, or no i think he said something along the lines of like hey did you have enough sex this week for the fight and she's like all right well i'll take a question from someone who's not an asshole like yo like who the fuck are you? Like to ask that question to her first of all, right. knowing that she's gonna cut you because she's got those teeth. <laughs> right. And I think about Paige. Right. Paige is like she's kind of opposite of Rhonda. Like, don't get me wrong. Paige can kick some ass, but the way she approaches fights, is very cute and cuddly. Kind of. You're just like, I just wanted to like cuddle up with you like a little teddy bear not knowing that right. this little teddy bear can also have some fucking teeth like a pit bull right and the reason this why little her teddy bear is. when
1: she cuddles with you is going to put you in a rear naked choke <laughs>
0: she's got a nickname oh, cuddle <laughs> her nickname is 12 gauge for a reason like yeah. she's very deadly but like you you see that about her because like all these other girls on these fight cards except there's a few right but most of the girls on, on most of the women I gotta cry myself most of the women that fight are, like, very... They they got the mean look. They're always ready to fight. You know, right. Jezieski, Joanna Jojewski is just, like, one example of it, right?
1: Oh, um, my God, right? She, she looks always, like Valentina Shevchenko you know, when she walks out. You're like, yeah, oh,
0: shit, okay. They always <laughs> look like... They're like, you know what I'm going to do to you? I'm going to take you down. I'm going to rip your head off. And then... I'm just right. gonna piss where you stand, where you died. Like, right. like, yo, damn, you know. And then like, right. you see people like Michelle Watterson, uh, and Paige Van Zant, and they're just like, "I'm very respectful. I believe in." I opponent. love and the like,
1: karate Hive for that reason because they're just like, "Hey, what's up? I'm gonna I'm punch here. you in your face.
0: I'm gonna tap yeah. you out. See, you go to I'll sleep. be honest.
1: Like, if I would have ever gone into that, that's exactly how the hell. I mean, I'm first up." I'm very open about the fact that I have no problem punching somebody's head off in real life, but I feel like I would skip to like the most ridiculously happiest music while wearing like a unicorn thing, just in like spreading sprinkles or some shit, <laughs> just to be ridiculous as hell. Because you don't see that. That's why I love. Um... Oh my god, I always forget his name. The one, the one uh, fighter that used to do at weigh-ins all the different shit. Like he would bring the people the flowers. The guy or... that did the selfie. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always forget his name. Yeah, like, I yeah. love like that kind of shit. Like that would totally be me. So I totally don't mind that they do. It. Hey, be cute, whatever. If you like it, that's why I love Mickey Gall coming out to uh, oh Mickey. Oh my God! Every time you hear like oh Mickey, you're so bad. I'm like, there's Mickey Gall. Yeah, yeah. That's how you do it. Put some ridiculous shit on. Have a good time.
0: So, it's funny. I think like-
1: it's I think it's fun too. It's fun because there's some fighters that they love that fun
0: thing. So I've talked about this a couple times. It's that funny that you bring up Mickey Gall, right? And we're kind of getting off of the subject, but that's okay. So yeah. Mickey, I actually am friends with Mickey Gall on Snapchat, and we legitimately have like conversations and oh, stuff. Yeah, it I is, that. Yeah, it is so funny that he comes out to hey Mickey, and he just he he's very serious about his work and his work ethic, yeah. right? But he's he's got this this other side of him that. You're like, Fun. Man, like I don't, I don't believe you. Like when he called out Randy Brown, and he was talking about how he's out wrestled Randy Brown, and that he can do this, that, and the other. Randy Brown took him to the whooping shit, and was like, I can do this. Well, then you saw the old, I want to say the older uh, Mickey Gall come back, and he was like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I'm, a, I want this dude. I'm gonna knock him out. Then. After that fight in Lincoln, he turned around and called Randy Brown back out. He's like, hey, let's just run that back. So, you know, and it's something about Mickey Gall, man. He's just, I don't know, he's a nightmare, but he goes back to that – that side where you see these guys that are like marketable and you're kinda hoping that they do great things so they can keep pushing the UFC. Because Paige Van Zant was one of those people too. Like you saw Paige Van Zant, she was always out talking about how she wants to be she wants to be the face of the UFC and Paige kept pushing for the face of the UFC and people were you know, Dana was pushing her and pushing her and pushing her and then she lost to to Michelle Watterson. And mm-hmm. you were kind of like, "Uh, all right, well, I guess Paige Van Zandt isn't going to be the face of the franchise. So yeah. Dana then goes, well, we'll give the face of the franchise to Michelle Watterson, and we'll see how far we can push her. And then she lost the next fight. And uh, you were kind of like, "Uh, great. Right. So I just, I find it funny. I, I kind of hope good things for Paige kind of circle this back all around. I hope good things for right. Paige. I want Paige to win this fight. But if she doesn't, and she decides that it's time to move on to a career in the wrestling organization. I hope it's with All Elite Wrestling. Oh, no, I would be on with that. I'd be <laughs> fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> because I know. Um, for some of you guys who don't know, uh, Julie and myself, uh, we're on another podcast that's called Frankensteiner. It's found right here on Franken Culture as well. And we are ridiculous wrestling nerds as well as... Obviously, you guys can tell we're ridiculous about the MMA world as well. Bro, so I'm just,
1: just a nerd all around, y'all.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we definitely, you know, I was thinking about that too, because you know, we just we um we launched off a new podcast on Franken Culture, and I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but it's called Nerds at Round Table, and I realized, did that, man. I
1: actually was sharing it on Facebook, telling people about it?
0: Yeah, and I I realized, man. I'm a huge fucking nerd. Like, and I'm yeah. okay with that. Like, I really am good with that. <laughs> like,
1: oh, bro, I embraced that a long time ago. Actually, on my arms, um, I have a bunch of tattoos on my arms, and, like, I have the word dork and nerd tattooed <laughs> on my arms. And every time someone says, so like, does your does your arms say dork and nerd? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, what the fuck? I'm like, bro, I'm taking it back. Like, you're not going to bother me by saying it. Oh, you're a nerd. I'm like, oh, yes, I enjoy the shit that I like. Oh, God, fuck my life. Oh, I found happiness. You know, <laughs> anyone's like, oh, you watch comic book movies? Yes, I enjoy them. Yeah. I'm a Marvel fan. What's up? You know, like, anytime someone says something and you nerd out, I'll be like, I'm sorry that you have nothing f- that you enjoy in life. Please go away.
0: Yo, it's you funny because I I bring that up too, right? And it's funny that you bring it up that you have dork and nerd tattooed because I have a red dog tattooed on me. I have a red pit bull tattooed on me. Let me be more specific. And the reason I have a red pit bull is because as I've introduced myself on this show numerous times, my name is Clifford. And Kids in high school, right. and kids in elementary used to be like, "Oh, like the big red dog, come here, boy, ha ha ha, come here, boy." And like, yo, and it used to piss me off. Like, I used to get so mad. Like, I would cry. Like, I would have tears in my eyes. I would be so angry, and I'd be angry at my parents for naming me Clifford, right, for so right. long. And uh, when I was in, when I was in the military, uh, I don't know. Just one day, I walked in my friend's room. And I was like, "Do you want to get a tattoo?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, what do you want to get? I was like, I don't know. I'll figure it out when I get there. Like <laughs> it was a legit right. thing. And so I uh, we drove over to we drove over to this place called Banzai in I A Hawaii. And um, sure enough, I picked a ta- I saw this flash tattoo. I was like, I want this dog and I wanna get it tattooed. And the guy was like, Okay. He's like, but I told him I like here's the catch. I want a dog colored in red. And he was like, "Right." Oh. He was like, oh, "Okay, why?" And I was like, "We'll talk about it once it gets tatted." He's like, "All right." So as he's tattooing me, he asked me. He was like, uh, why? Why did you want this red dog tattooed on you?" I was like, "Well, my name's Clifford." And he was just like, "Immediately Yo. got it." He's like, "That is the greatest thing I've ever heard." Right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. I have worked to-
1: in and out of tattoo shops, and man, I love when some. Story.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was it's so it back. funny. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, I still hear it now. People will be like, oh, what's your name again? Chris? I'm like, no, it's Cliff. Like Clifford, like the big red dog. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nah, you've, you've taken the power back.
0: Oh, got that. Can't take this. I'll take the sting at your joke every single time. So with right. that being said, about especially about stings being taken out a joke, let's talk about 2019, right? So we know there's a lot yes. of great fights that are coming up. But more importantly, um, we're going to talk about – let's talk about three fights. The three fights that you had chosen, right? We'll refresh our viewers. Those three fights that you had picked out, one of those was the Nagano versus Velazquez fight. Um, yeah,
1: I'll, straight up, I will tr- dump my Zahudo fight and tell you what my other one was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go with this. So tell me about why uh, Velazquez versus Naganu.:
1: okay. So the last Nakano. I'm just like that card in general, um I'm, I'm actually I'm looking forward to cuz I like uh, Cynthia Cavallo. Uh, I'm a Cavillo, Cavallo, Cavallo, I don't know her last name, but um I like watching her fight, but man, I miss Kane. I miss Kane. I miss <laughs> Kane so bad. <laughs> and he's finally back. And I really want to watch Kane. Like, I don't mind this Francis Naganu fight, but I really need to see Kane versus Stipe personally. I want to see them. I need to see the two of them fight. So that's why I'm like super excited about this. Kane Velasquez fight versus Francis Ngannou. I actually don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how this goes as far as like how good Francis does. I want Kane to win and I want to watch Kane and Stipe. Bay. Like that sounds so selfish, but I don't, I, I, Francis has kind of been irritating me lately. Like he look, it's like, he doesn't, he hasn't figured out his goddamn cardio yet. And it's like, and Kane is, and, but I think it, with that, with him not having his cardio, this is a good first fight for Kane to come back to because you have someone that has screwed up his cardio and does, you know, he has to prove himself with wrestling and stuff like that. So it's going to be a good challenge for him. Right. So, yeah. So I'm looking forward because of that. Because if Francis is going to win, he's going to have to figure out how to stop that. He's going to have to figure that out. And I don't know if he can. I don't know if he figured it out. Because sometimes he doesn't take his training seriously enough. Right. I don't give a shit if you 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 get in the... You know the Russian from Rocky Four kind of treatment with the different machines. If your mental game ain't on there, you apparently you are not believing in yourself or something halfway through the damn fight. While you look at your mouth wide open, looking like you haven't breathed in two years. <laughs> if he doesn't get, if he hasn't got that under wrap, the Kane, the cane the Kane Velasquez fight is just going to be a cakewalk for him, right? Straight up. That sounds rude, but it's going to be cakewalk. And if that's it, cool. I need to. Everyone's like, "Oh, I need to see DC versus DC versus Kane." I I don't care. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I don't see the two of them fighting. I don't see that being DC's retirement fight. It'd be cool. I know that that Kane would do that for him. But I that's not where my investment is. I want to see Stipe versus Kane cuz you're looking at someone who legitimately broke a record in Stipe. Versus someone who has been considered one of the best UFC head, so I want to see the two of them go at it. I need to see that fight.
0: No, and yeah. I mean, I agree. That's a legitimate fight that I would like to yeah. see too, you, Stepe. You know, one of the one of my dream fights I put for 2019 actually was actually Velasquez versus Derek Lewis. Like, I just I don't. Ugh. I know I know Derek Lewis has I wanted- issues. I know. I don't
1: has. care. I could always yeah. watch the Black Beast fight.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the thing is that he's very dangerous with his hands, and it would just be very interesting to watch Cain Velasquez dissect uh, Derek Lewis and work for takedowns or even just oh, yeah. beat him on his feet because both Derek right. Lewis and Cain Velasquez do things that other heavyweights just won't do, whether we're talking about wheelhouse yeah. kicks or we're talking about that's axe true. kicks or just other just that's crazy, very crazy things. You know, so it would definitely be one of those fights yeah. that I would, I wouldn't, you know, what I would pay. To How see about
1: fight. they do this? They put Francis, he he, st- <laughs> this sounds so rude. He goes against Francis, starts as Francis. Then they throw Derek Lewis, Lewis at him. We get to watch him pick him apart. And then we watch this deep A fight. I, I, I'm agree. That's that's what the next three fights I'd be fine. That's I would weird. be fine with that. You know, I, what? I'm <laughs> throwing UFC, listen to us.
0: We can help you make matches. We can help you, we will save you,
1: <laughs> <laughs> save you from yourselves. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's not as bad as WWE, but Jesus.
0: I'm going to be up there and just you – know, I'll be I'll be the guy that's, like, up in the top of the ring, like, the top of the octagon. I'll just be like, welcome to Cliff is UFC. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Chris Jericho <laughs> joke if you guys didn't know. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so, great. here's another dream matchup of mine that I would like to see, right? For 2019, mm-hmm. I would love to see Steven Wonderboy Thompson – Versus Rafael Dos Anjos at 170. I just think that that Ooh. fight has great potential, especially because Dos is a pusher, like he wants to press the fight, and Stephen Thompson is a counter puncher who loves to watch people come and try to press that fight. I think these two guys uh, stylistically would just make nightmares happen. Yeah, and just you just well, you would dream about how great the fight would be. It's just a nightmare <laughs> for the other person because you can be like,
1: right, right, bad. right. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, especially Wait. at one seventy.
0: Mm. Don't worry, at me, at me, UFC. You'll get you'll get all my <laughs> details at the end of this uh, podcast. We'll so tell you how you can at me because that definitely <laughs> be a fight that we have. Um, all right. So <laughs> we have uh, social medias.
1: Find us. We'll you, help you.
0: <laughs> we'll find. Yeah. Another fight that I think really should happen, right? Especially because we have this person fighting here shortly uh, Israel Adesanya versus Luke Rockhold. Yeah. I established I fight. agree with that one. Yes. And the reason I agree with that one is because obviously Luke Rockhold has great cardio. He definitely pushes the tempo in a lot of his fights, and he's really great. With, like, his striking, although we do know – we know holes in his game. And I'm sure if we know it, other guys are going to know it as well. Well, Michael Bisping knew it as well. So I think Adesanya, after this Silva fight, I just think he that's the next move. I think he beats Anderson Silva. I'm going to say that now. But I think once you have a push, you push him to a guy who has – who's a title content or, you know, a a former champion. And I just think after you beat Silva – you move on to Luke Rockhold, and I think Luke should be the guy that you know fights Adesanya next. And I I just think stylistically that fight is obviously going to be just a barn burner.
1: I also think that if they're wanting to invest in Adesanya the way that it looks like they are going, um, that if they do, if he takes out Silva, then does the Rockhold, that would be a stepping stone for a title, yeah, towards a title, yep, because because of the fact that Luke Rockhold is is a former champion. So if he can go in there and and do some work and if he wins, especially in some devastating fashion, I would not be surprised if you see him in in the talks for it. It'd be a smart route. It'd be a very smart route, you know.
0: We can call him. I, the I, legend, I, I actually
1: but... that that's that's a fight I really really think should happen. I agree with that
0: 1000%. You know, and then we can we can ask the WWE if we can borrow Randy Orton for a night and we'll just have Adesanya come out, and we'll just nickname him the, li- the Legend Killer, because he'll take out Silva, he'll take out Rockhold, and then we can have him take out uh, Robert Whittaker. And then, yeah, he'll be the champion. Oh <laughs> yeah, um, my gosh. Yeah, I know, we're making a lot of WWE That'd references so in that run. <laughs> uh, so another big fight that I want to see, um, and then we're going to, actually, I want to bring up Ghosts, right? So uh, for you guys who don't know, uh, Starks He's always on the show with us. He's always talking. And one fight that Ghost wanted us to talk about was Alequinta versus McGregor at 155. And I have to say, not only a yes, but a hell yes, because we know how great Alequinta is, and we know yeah. what we know what this fight's going to be. We definitely know what this fight's going to be.
1: Bro, well, you look at well, because I mean, I look at it this way, like. Kind much like with Habib, like like what does fucking Connor think he's gonna get in his fucking head when he runs his mouth? Like Al doesn't give a shit. I'll so that either. that throws out that fucking part of his game right there. And then you got the fact that Al's the tough son of a bitch. He went five rounds with guy. What was it was it three or five? Five, five. right? With Habib? Yep. Yeah, it was five. He went five rounds with Habib. McGregor on, didn't do that. On twenty-four-hour notice. McGregor didn't go all the way. I mean, yeah, he lost by he lost, but he still took Habib to a place that some people haven't seen him. Right. So uh, McGregor better watch his ass. So if he's like, oh, I'm going to take him out. Yeah. All right. Are you going to do that like you did so easily, Nick Diaz and Habib? Are you going to do that like you said before? You know, I, that'd be a fantastic fight, especially because, like I said, Al's a tough song, bitch. That mental shit ain't going to get him. And he could eat punches.
0: He He can eat the punches. punches. (laughs) What was that? He'll eat all the punches. That's yeah. He'll eat them
1: for breakfast. Like so, unless he figures out a way to starch Al early, that's he better. He's gonna have to pull in, pull in, a, pull into his rolodex of bullshit pretty hard. Yeah. Because if if that if the, if the punches that he thinks are gonna knock him out don't knock his ass out, because Al's got fuck a fucking brick for a goddamn head, it seems like. If he just boom, 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 and it doesn't do anything, oh, better watch the hell out.
0: Better watch out. He's
1: gonna, he's gonna get started. And the thing is, you don't even. I don't even know if like, if this makes sense. I see Al being like, yeah, he could just be like, and just. I think he could start him, but I also see him. Kind of being like, oh fuck this. Let me see if I can get you in something and make you tap like a bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like I could see him being like, shut the fuck up, Connor. Like, nah. kind of here. like how it was great when Dia- when Nick Diaz did it. When he put him in that rear and you're like, oh, that's that's the way to do it. I
0: could right. see how i was
1: doing that. Being yeah. like, oh yeah, let me start you. But no, 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 no. Let me let me get you let me get you in like an arm bar or a kimura or something in which I need you to tap your living ass off. I could see that happening and I'd be the, I'd be living for it all day.
0: So another day. fight and I'll, I'll I'll switch gears. We're going to go to the to the women's side. It's actually Nunes versus Dorotomy. I just I already know, you know, Derotomy is obviously a former champion. She was a champion at her weight class. She gave up the belt cuz she didn't want to fight Cyborg. Nunes won mm-hmm. that belt from Cyborg. Um I just I just see these two just you know, uh, Dorotomy is a great Muay Thai practitioner. She's definitely got a lot of great strikes, mm-hmm. a lot of great kicks, yeah. a lot of great, just great attitude about what she does. Obviously, she's not mentally strong. And Nunes is just a whole monster of a person where she just lands mm-hmm. tons of bombs on people and she hurts people's feelings. Obviously, she hurt Chris Cyborg's feelings, even though Cyborg is like one oh, of the yeah. greatest warriors of all time. Uh but it's amazing to see Nunez, and it would definitely be fun to see Nunez versus uh, Dorotomy and just get kind a of run that, and just to see what happens between those two. Um, yeah, no, I'm
1: I like that idea as long as she stays mentally clear, right? Because that's my one concern about Dorotomy, Because I like her, I guess it's partial. I'm I'm not gonna lie straight up. I'm a little partial to a lot of just Dutch fighters, and I'm half Dutch, half Irish. I don't know, but a lot of the people that I've seen in general come from the Netherlands. Um, they, I like the way that they push themselves. But my problem with her is the fact that she made stupid ass decisions, like those those hits after the bell with Holly Holm. Right. The the cashing out because she was afraid of Cyborg. As long as she don't let her fucking brain override her. That's an entirely different, you know, That that's an if if she allows the, the me who is devastating in Muay Thai be the one that's in the octagon against Nunez, we got a different fight. But if shit's the same one that went, oh, my hand fucking hurts and I don't know if I can then uh, I I don't know how it would go. I don't know if she would be able to to handle it. Right. You know what I mean? So it all depends on where her fucking mental game is because I was really disappointed. I was really disappointed in and, and the oh, the excuses and the, the I guess there was, because I remember reading somewhere that they had tried to get her to fight multiple times and she she said no multiple times, like one time, one or two because of, of injury concern, I can get it. But if it's more than that, it looks like you're running and that's not a good look for you as a fighter in general. If right. you're gonna be a champion, you gotta be a fighting champion. It's the reason why I've said I've have I have my own personal peace with the way Ronda, her exit and that shit. That's not how you do it. So if she's as long as she gets her brain in the game, I'm I, I if we got like I said, if we got the one that's devastating in Muay Thai, that's gonna be a fun fight. But if we don't got that one, uh we're gonna watch her get picked apart by the lioness.
0: Right. Of course. <laughs> so here's My last fight that I want to see happen in 2019, and preferably, I would like this in a certain place, right? So, I want this Mm -hmm. at the Blaisdell Arena in Honolulu, Hawaii, and I want Max Holloway versus Conor McGregor at 155. Let's get it. I need this fight to go down. And even if you don't have it in Hawaii at the Blaisdell Center, hey, and let's have this. Let's have this at the T-Mobile Arena over in Las Vegas. Hawaii considers okay, straight Las up, real Vegas quick, the ninth.
1: I, I sneezed away from the microphone. Who did you say against Max, Max Holloway?
0: Max Holloway and Conor McGregor.
1: Oh, Okay, that's what I thought you said, but I was like trying to like be slick and like sneeze away, and I was like, shit, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, especially if it's in Hawaii.
0: Oh my God, oh, oh, Gino, like Conor going, McGregor. My God, Conor McGregor was going to talk oh. so much shit. And the funny thing is, is Max Holloway will talk so much so shit. So much
1: shit. <laughs> like, that, that, that won't work. Like, it won't work with fucking, uh, with Holloway. He's not going to be able to get in his brain that easily. No. Um, and Max,
0: Max is going to mm. dissect everything you have to say. <sighs> and the one thing that's going to be funny is, you know, like, Connor really is a big counterpuncher. But and it was something yeah. I noticed in the Brian Ortega fight too. I just want to talk about this part, right? So, so Conor is a big counter puncher and he's going to try to obviously counter what Max Holloway throws, but Max eats a lot of shots and just walks through whatever you have to throw. And if you guys don't believe me, there's actually a fight with Brian Ortega and Max Holloway which happened last year where Max Holloway threw a punch and then looked for to looked to get countered, right? but Brian never countered and so Max ended up landing another shot. So, in the fight in the third round, he grabs Brian or takes his hands, puts them up, goes to throw another 1-2 and then shows Brian how to block that punch. How much um. of a dick do you have to be? Like in mid-form, <sighs> mid-match, you're going to be like, "Hey, let me show you how you counter this." And then goes back and does it again. <laughs> This is so right,
1: cool. <laughs> I I love I I love Max. I I was watching that clip uh, or the other day when he goes to Rogan and tells him like tells him that he's putting him down this round, and then when he doesn't go down, but then they call it that the fight was over, and he jumps over the fucking uh the cage and he sits down. He's like, I told you guys, I was putting him to sleep this round. I love how confident he gets, and that's why um mcgregor i don't think stands a chance when it comes on that mental shit because that's my problem with mcgregor i've said for a long time is he realized that some guys the mental game works on but his problem is he isn't figured out that it doesn't work on everybody right so then he loses but because he talks enough shit he gets his little butt boys being like okay I'm like okay, but he looked like a jackass when he was fighting Mayweather. I, I ran into that. We got that fight. I was there. I watched it. He looked. He looked inexperienced as fuck. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, but because he talks so much shit, everyone forgets that. You know, everyone forgets that. No, he lost against. He lost against Diaz. There was a loss in there. It, it's not that he he beat Diaz all time. No, he lost against him. He lost against Habib. You know. So there's moments where I think people got to remember. Oh, yeah, no, that mental game doesn't always work, and sometimes he embarrasses himself and loses. You know, but God bless him for having the confidence to go back. I mean, it's what gives him the money. Right. He's a confident jackass, (laughs) that's how I look
0: at it. He knows how to sell fights. That's really what he does. Yeah, that's really what it is.
1: He's a great promoter. He's a fantastic promoter. I just, I think sometimes he's a little overrated as far as, how much people invest into how great of a fighter he is? I'm not saying he's fancy. He's a fantastic fighter. There are you look at his nope. record and you go, oh shit. But I think sometimes people sell it a little harder than it needs.
0: I'm I'm sound clipping that right now, and I'm really gonna pass that off to Conrad McGregor. let him know. You said that he's overrated.
1: <laughs> I don't give a shit. He'll talk shit about me anyway. He's like,
0: oh, fat American
1: bitch. I'd be like, oh, like Oof. what up?
0: Who the but, fuck is this? Who the fuck is be like, that to K.O.? He, he could be like,
1: who the fuck is this chick? And I'd be like, nobody. That's the whole fucking point. You're fucking Conor McGregor. Why the fuck you worried about me? Like, <laughs> I look at it that way. If he fucking responds to me, thank you for letting me occupy that much of your headspace. I didn't yeah. know I
0: was that important. Who the, fuck, <laughs> who the fuck is this chick? She over here talking right. about me and how I throw my fucking punches. Who the fuck is right. she? <laughs>
1: Right, and I'm be like, nobody, thank you for letting me be, be on your mind, I didn't know I was to you.
0: Yeah, Yo, that's going to give us a lot more points, <laughs> we need that to happen. Shit, right? <laughs>
1: shit, you know what, I wouldn't get, like, this how I look at it, and I've said this before on anything, if anyone wants to talk shit, like, okay, oh, well, congratulations, you know how to use your mouth. <laughs> Facts. Like, you're not going to really hurt my feelings. Like, whoo. Oh, oh my God. You know how to fucking be a troll. Ooh. That's why I laugh when these people like Connor get in their brain straight up to bring it back to the fighting. I laugh at that. Honestly, I do. Oh, when he's like, oh, Red Pandy Night, and they let it get in their brain. Why the fuck are you going to let it get in your brain like that? He's just working the muscle of the mouth. If right. you figure how to work the muscles in your arms and shut that mouth up, guess what? You won. You win. You won overall. Right. That bitch talking didn't get him uh, that big of it didn't get him that belt. he's not standing up you know what I mean so right. that's, that's that's been my biggest problem with him is like yeah I mean okay cool you could I'm glad that you're a good fighter I wish you would talk a little less shit so I can see you fight <laughs> It's like that that whole that fucking sh- that, that that damn press conference with him and freaking Habib was one of the most irritating ones to me oh, yeah. in a long time. It's when he was cause... just like, "Oh, here, drink some whiskey." Sit the fuck down, bro. Like, you do you not get that what you're doing is just poking the bear? And what happened? He poked the bear, and then his team got his ass beat. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. So, yeah. So, like, chill the fuck up, bro. So, like, if I look at it this way, if he's so worried about get the KO, hey, please tell your uh, fans to subscribe and yell at us, please. Just, yeah, just add subscribe.
0: Us. We're good. Just add please. Us.
1: Just, Speaking I'll give of a shit adding... if you want. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of adding, go ahead and give your plugs uh for right uh, now. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, uh you can find me on Instagram at at a little less jubaca Um and yeah, on the Frankensteiner podcast, also keep an eye out. I'm going at much like how Cliff has a new podcast, I'm going to be doing another thing for, uh, for Franken Culture about tabletop gaming. So if any of you MMA fans out there also happen to like tabletop gaming, keep an eye out because your girl's going to be having things soon.
0: And as always, you guys can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, as well as Twitter at cm underscore miller 85 uh also um as Julie mentioned we're on here on franken culture i think we're probably we probably run the most actually now that i think about it because i do three podcasts on here now so we have uh frankensteiner as well as get the ko and mm-hmm. now we have nerds of the round table uh you're on right. for or franken steiner as well as get the ko mm-hmm. and now you have your tabletop ten- tabletop yeah gaming and if you
1: on. guys ever need anybody on
0: so yeah. I have no yeah so i'm guessing you said that you kind of cut out there so i'm guessing you said that if we ever need someone for nerd stuff you just want to jump yep to sorry something.
1: i totally i pulled my name i pulled my
0: mic thing out so that's my <laughs> fault <laughs> it's, it's all good well guys that's going to be everything for us uh last thing that we're going to actually talk about just real quick uh just don't forget member uh veterans uh they're out there they need your support as much as any money in this world, uh, whether the home front, overseas, guys, we're always thinking about you, we want to show you guys our love and appreciation, so if you guys need anything, go ahead and at us uh, next week, we should have Anthony back I know like he had some last minute plans, so you guys can catch Anthony Lujan he'll be back on uh, the podcast next week, or maybe even for the prediction show so hopefully we'll get him on uh, right.
1: also, wait, with the jump off that veterans thing, take your politics out of it Everybody going through hell right now with not getting your paychecks because of this shutdown. God bless you. There's a lot of resources. If you need anything for your friends, your family, or anything in need, there are a lot of resources to help you. Reach out to any of us. We can get you to the resources. You're not alone. We're here with y'all.
0: Yep. And with that being said, Julie, go ahead and tell them bye. Bye, everybody. And as always, good fight and good night.